0: You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitstairs, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings.
1: Good evening. Thank you for listening to episode 65 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily podcast with me, Charlotte Greenway. It's Friday the 16th of December. Freezing temperatures have put pay to all turf racing this week and even summer weather fixtures succumb to the cold. So sadly, we won't now be looking ahead to the long walk hurdle at Ascot tomorrow in this episode. Instead, we'll jump forward to the racing over the Christmas period from Kempton and Chepstow. First though, Nick had a fascinating and slightly worrying conversation with David Armstrong of the RCA this week regarding the likely effects of rising energy costs and costs of living on racecourses. And here's an extract of his response when asked whether racecourses are likely to be able to fulfill their prize money commitments in 2023.
2: Well, I think, I mean, where commitments have been made by racecourses, of course, they will be able to honor them. But what we'll see in the the period talking about the prize money for 2023 and it will be extremely difficult for racecourses to be able to maintain the same level of prize money as they have and part of that of course is driven by the fact that uh, one of the key sources of prize money of course is levy income and your listeners will be familiar with the fact that levy income is going to be lower in 2023 than it was in 2022 so that has an impact another source of revenue for uh, paying for prize money of course is entries And we know that field sizes are under pressure, so the number of entries is lower than it was before. So it'll be very, very difficult for racecourses to match their prize money in 2023 to the levels they had in 2022, because they have to increase executive contribution to do so. Now, I don't know where certain racecourses will end up coming out or how the groups will approach it, but certainly they'll be under more pressure than they've ever been under before.
0: Um, do you expect all the racecourses that currently exist in the UK to survive beyond 2023? Do you think there'll be racecourse closures?
2: No, I don't think there will be. But I think racecourses will have to adjust their business models to deal with the the you know the increasing costs that I've just been describing. You know, and that may well be impacts on prize money. It could well be impacts on what services they're able to offer to to racegoers. So. You know, we'll see them adjust their business models, but I do think they'll all still be in business at the end of 2023.
1: Thankfully, temperatures look set to rise considerably next week, meaning there's little fear of Kempton not going ahead on Boxing Day. The meeting's feature race, the King George, is a race that champion trainer Paul Nicholls has won five times in the last 10 years. And he's had Brave Man's game in line for this since his victory in the Quarto Star Novices chase on last year's card. He's been a pretty short price favourite since Alaho was ruled out. And Nick spoke to Paul earlier in the week to see if 2020 winner Frodon and the exciting Hitman will both be joining Brave Man's Game in the lineup.
3: Yeah, all set. Yeah, Pictor is going to wait for the Lanzarotti, not the Lanzarote, on oh, that meeting. I think the Silver and Arca, Conte, chase here goes. So it'll be just those three, and they're in good shape. They're not missing anything. So, yeah, fine.
0: And in, in, I've spoken to Harry about it a few times he was sort of leaning towards Braid Man's game has he given you a, a definitive steer on that?
3: Well there's no point making a decision there. I mean it'd be hard for him to get off that but you know a lot can happen in a fortnight's time and you just want to make sure that all the horses are right before you, you make a decision because you can get egg on your face if you make the wrong decision two weeks before the race so um, you know you'll sort that out with declaration time but yeah um, you know, we've got everything covered, so one way or another, whatever he wants to do, we'll have a chat about any other time.
0: Who who will ride the one he doesn't?
3: Well, I suppose Brian, if she comes back, could ride Frodo on. Um, and I know Jed and Alec and Co are keen for Sam Twiston to ride Hitman because he's obviously one of the King George from Longland Monklanders about. Um, if, if Brian he wasn't about, well, then we got Lorcan in the wings who could ride Frodo on. You know, none of that's not set in stone. That's no. just what is a possibility.
0: All righty. What else are you looking at for for Kems and Paul?
3: McFabulous, um, um, he'll definitely run in the Corto Star. Julino um, <coughs> g- Bella was another possible, but I don't really want to run him against each other. I could leave um, g- um, him for another day. Um, but McFabulous, um, and then plenty of other novice hurdlers in that to go, you know, on, on the first day. And I you don't know about the Christmas hurdle with Nappers Hill, um, I'll probably go for the Rail kill at Cheltenham.
0: You might you might have to run something in the Christmas earth, otherwise, it might be a walkover.
3: Well, yeah, we'll it'll be interested <laughs> to see what happens and keep an eye on things. And, you know, you know, a lot can happen with horses in a fortnight, you know, so we just, everyone will be watching what's going on.
0: Uh, and just in terms of the, the the meeting coming up at Ascot this weekend, I mean, Chris Tickle's saying it's not impossible Saturday goes ahead. I mean, it's not likely, but it's not impossible. Are you going to run horses there if it does?
3: Yeah, I'll run some. It's, it's a, you know, it's a bit frustrating for everyone, really, and with Chris as well. Obviously, they can't water the ground. Looks like being as fast as it was at the last meet. In fact, they call it now good, good to firmer places. They isn't going to change. So that restricts really what you can run. It's a good card Friday and Saturday. and it'll be frustrating to lose it. Just looking at the forecast. You know, I guess it's going to struggle both days. Even if it you know, on a massive thought, just looks like if it was Sunday, it would probably be all right. It's going to warm up from Sunday, but even Sunday might be dodgy. I think it's going to be next week before we get going.
0: Uh, Paul, just in terms of the, the, those King George horses again, and what given given how they've worked over the last couple of weeks and just their well being since they've all had a, a seasonal debut, um, what are your thoughts on how they've come forward?
3: Uh, they you know, Hitman's progressing all the time, just physically and mentally, and. He was good at Haydock the other day. Different type of race, obviously, but he couldn't have done any more. We knew he needed his first run, and you know, he—funny—he's he, six years old now, rated 160, which is exactly what Klandersaboo was when he won his King George at six years old the first time. So he, he's sort of maturing. Uh, Brave Man's game, obviously, won very nicely. Um, Whether we knew we'd left plenty to work on, he looks as well as I've ever seen him look. Going nicely, so very happy with him, you know. And Frodon's come out of the Betfair uh, Chase, went to win Canton where he had a hard race but he still picked up some place money and did well and he's a bit fresher now so yeah i'm happy with them
1: all talking of brave man's game nick for a call into part owner john dance and started by asking about the satisfaction he gets out of the winners he has over jumps compared with those on the flat
4: it's, it's, it's very satisfying having you know good horse like brave man's game running at the top level um Certainly, through the winter, when when otherwise we're twiddling our thumbs, wishing our life away for the for the flat season to start again, um, it obviously helps that you've got a horse like Brave Man's Game running in you know Grade Ones and carrying top weights in in big handicaps etc. Like he has been the last couple of years. Um, but obviously, then when you when you've got a horse at the top level, it, it comes it comes with with downsides, which are, you know. Heightened nerves and, and a lot of pressure at times, particularly you know, in the case of Brave Man's game, who's been sort of well hyped, you know, by his trainer and and you know, to a le- maybe a lesser extent by connections. Um, and and for a race like the King George that we've we've telegraphed for so long as being a target, um, you almost keep a little bit more pressure on yourself or pressure on the horse to deliver on on that on that particular occasion. So. Um, yeah, no, it's you know it's good. It's it's nice to have that little bit of difference um, uh, in the game as well. So uh, you know something, Jess and I enjoy, um, and uh, yeah, obviously looking forward to, to Boxing Day.
0: And how do you read the sort of back end of both the last season? He didn't run at Cheltenham last year because of the weather, and then went to Aintree and didn't run great. And the previous year, hadn't run great at the festival itself. Ran okay, he ran okay, but maybe didn't run quite up to up to people's expectations. Do you think it's a track thing, or do you think it's just Happenstance that it's turned out like that.
4: Um, not necessarily just happenstance. I, I, I think it's a time of the year thing to some extent. I think, um, as an obvious hurdler, I think a combination of uh, time of the year and you know maybe one of those horses that that you know doesn't want to be in training, you know, right from the start till right to the end of the season, which which he had been. And he was a much weaker horse and I think the two the two came together um, uh, in, in the Ballymore that year and and obviously we were beaten by a very good hurdle at the time in, in Bob Bollinger. And um, last year we, we missed Cheltenham itself albeit only with about five minutes notice. Um, which is frustrating for Jess and I. I think it was our only trip John racing all year. Um, but... Uh, and then obviously, you know, another two and a half weeks later or even deeper in the season and a combination um, of of being very, very ready for a Cheltenham race he didn't run in and it, you know, being deep into the season. I uh, just, you know, I think he'd sort of had enough, had enough for the year. Um, so... You know just dis- disappointing and I-, I know paul's tried to change things a little bit this year start him off a little bit later and the hope we can go deeper into the season when you know ar- arguably the public perception of the bigger races are in inverted commas yeah. um and-, and the ones that you know doesn't seem to matter what you do um you know between october and and february it's it's march and, and early april that counts and heaven forbid you do anything before and, and not do anything in those months
0: well well you're, you're
4: Hopefully that...
0: i was going to say you'll you'll take an nice easy win in the king george won't you
4: or any win in the king george yeah i mean you take you take any, any win in the king george it, you know it's, it's something of a double-edged sword to some extent uh, um You know, if it's if it's an easier field, happy days. It gives us a greater chance. Um, If he doesn't win it, you 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 end up with even more knockers. Um, But you know, hopefully, if you can win it, and it and it's an easier race than it might otherwise have been, then then brilliant. You know, uh, we've won a King George. Um, The the other side of that is, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm a bit bonkers like this, but I do enjoy taking on the big horses and and, you know even if it's every once in a while you know giving them a shock put them in their place um not an easy thing to do so you know it's it's, it is nice if you can take on you know the ones that are supposed to beat you and beat them um you know we did that a few times with lawrence and we were lucky it worked out um you know and i think it it helps sort of cement um horses status doesn't it? it if you end up not taking them on via circumstance or otherwise, um, it always leaves something for the public, uh, you know, to, to sort of hang on you as, as not being convinced.
1: Another gearing up for the King George is last season's Denman Chase winner Eldorado Allen for Joe Tizard and Tom Stanley. Caught up with Joe on Wednesday just to check that the horse was still on track. Yes, we are. Yeah,
5: you know, he's. Um... Uh, you know his, his two runs have been two solid runs this season at Weatherby and the, and the Betfair and um, you know I, I don't think that he's necessary also they can win it but I think the track and and the way he's gone through the line last time we can ride him really positively and um, I see no reason why he can't get placed it mm. Well, I mean, listen, it's. How big a field are we going to have? It's what we're discussing on the on the pod this morning. You know, there's there's likely to be three Ditcher inmates. There, there there's there's going to be one slash two Irish raiders, maybe. But but ultimately, mightn't be the the biggest field. If it comes up good ground, does that suit your horse? I don't think it hurt him. You know, it was good ground when he won the Denman last year. Um, I, so he's be pretty flexible with the ground. But what, just what I've seen this year, I just love the way that he's. You know. He's, we were guessing over three miles last year. And What I've seen in both his runs, he got the trip well. Mm. Um, you know, in, in, he seems in great nick and his confidence is high. So, so sort of looking forward to running them. It probably came the trip after the Newbury win. It was a case of oh, oh, hang on. You know that opens up more options for next season. But you've got your answer now, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. You know, it was it was opening up options, but it was never guaranteed. And um, um but this year, we, you know, like you said, we got the answer. very definitely he definitely stays it well and um you know that, that that puts him in these best races okay you're going to win another welsh national i think about a really nice chance we're going to run the big breakaway in it um ran really well up the haydock if you watch him for the first circuit it, it wasn't very good but we just put that down to he had saw last year and just felt that he was um just perhaps thinking that, that maybe it was going to hurt but then um as the further we went the more competition's gone, it looked like it was gonna win jump to wind up in the last, so um I think the tempo of the race has fitten well and, and um yeah, looking forward to running a
1: minute. The King George may be the highlight at Kempton on the twenty-sixth, but the sport's most promising young star, Constitution Hill, is likely to be seen in the Christmas hurdle thirty-five minutes before. He left Epitant for dead when Nico de Boinville asked him to quicken before the second last in the fighting fifth. And there's no reason to think Epitant could turn that form around. But it seems Nicky Henderson has the two lined up to clash once again. Now that it's been confirmed, the international hurdle won't be rearranged. She has to. She
6: hasn't. Got... I mean, we haven't finalised plans. There is just another idea. But, um, no, she, the plan is to, she, she'll run it, she'll run it at Christmas.
5: Okay. She'll run it Christmas
6: hurdle. Okay. And, and so if... We've got no
5: option. If not, is the other idea something a bit different, or is it might be... No, it's not, it's not.
6: It's, it, she'll run in the Christmas hurdle. Okay.
5: Um, well, great. It'd be lovely to see them, them take each other on again. I take we can't do
6: anything else. I mean, it's the way the, the way the world, you know, it's, it's very sad that they can't reschedule these races, because...
5: Yeah, I mean, it's all very really well t- taking him on, but I mean, said you, should, you should appreciate, he's it. hardly ideal, is it? Mm. Um, just to touch on on the others that we we've, we've seen recently, a- any progress on on what Shishkin's going to do? Shishkin, I would think, i will probably wait for the
2: Silviano
5: Conte. Interesting. So we're we're gonna we're gonna try a, a little bit further and a little bit different. Definitely. Yeah. And does does John Bond go to Kempton? John Bond go to Okay. And, and likely I, I, he, he'll have another run, won't he, uh, at some I mean, point? He'll have another run. I think the kingmaker of Warwick is a, in, the, in the mix of, you know, no
1: decisions have been made yet. Well, there's now in fact going to be four Grade 1s on the card at Kempton on Boxing Day, as the long walk hurdle has been rescheduled, which hopefully means we'll still get the rematch between the first and second in the thrilling long distance hurdle Champ and Paisley Park. Kempton is, of course, though, a much sharper track. And so Nick asked trainer Emma Lavelle whether Kempton is therefore a realistic option for strong stay at Paisley Park.
7: Look, clearly it's not it's not ideal. Um, You know, the thing about Paisley, as you all know, is he's about staying. You know, it's all about staying and uh, Kempton is more about speed. So, you know, there's no doubt that it it is not a track that works to our advantage. Um, But... Uh, at the stage that he is in his life um uh you don't probably get many more cracks at grade one races so it's hard to just turn around and say oh we're not going to go because it's on the wrong track so you know i think we probably will um but um you know it's probably it's not meeting champ for round three or four or whatever it is in, in a track that'll be to our advantage anyway
0: the comeback was a well, really a terrific one and and jumping the last, i thought I thought you might just get there. How far off his off his peak do you do you think he actually is now
7: well I mean the interesting thing about that race is I know the ground was pretty was pretty quick, but that that race broke Newbury's track record, and I think um you know he's he's an extraordinary horse, and both of them are you, know, you, you can't take much away from champ either because at the end of the day. You know, they just still rock up for the fight every time they go to the races. Um, you know, he isn't as quick as he was in in some way. But, but then I look at you know, that performance and I don't think it was far off one of his best.
0: You said before the race you've been doing a few different things with him th- this autumn. Do you think that's helped?
7: Yeah, I think it has. I think you know, the thing about Paisley, he's been in training with us since he was three. And um, and although, uh, you know, we've moved yards since since we started out with him, he knows the gallops here like the back of his hand, and, and he knows how much he needs to do, where and when. Um, and so, accordingly, you know, he's, he's not stupid and, and probably saves himself a little bit, you know, when he doesn't need to put it all in at home. So we just thought, just to freshen him up, we took him to the beach and... And you've done a lot of uh, more with him on the grass rather than the all weathers, yeah, just to keep him fresh and just to keep him you know, enjoying life. And, and I think that definitely made a difference.
0: Uh, and they, well, I don't want to tempt fate, but there was no semblance of him not wanting to start either the other day.
7: No, it, it's now when you're watching him, there are a lot of things to, sort of concern yourself with as you watch the race through um and um you know his he he was very happy about jumping off so that was sort of first bit ticked um and actually didn't really hit a flat spot in the same way as as he can do so you know that was another thing we thought okay well that's good um i suppose the one thing that lets us down slightly was that usually his jumping is is just brilliant and he was just a little awkward over the last two and i think that just did cost us
0: um, I, did, was it right that you, the, the, he thought that he'd seen a shadow and was trying to fiddle the shadow?
7: Yeah, I mean that's Aiden came in and he said, "Look, I never want to use the the whole um, you know sun thing as an excuse," but he said that really was. He said he definitely just could see a shadow on that, and he just you know jumped awkwardly because of it. So yeah, you know, it, as I say, it wasn't something that he wanted to necessarily use as a, as a as an excuse, but he didn't jump in the same way as he normally does, and and over the last couple and. So, um, you know, look, it, it was a great race. I was watching between the, the last... I thought we were going to be beaten a reasonable way and I was happy, you know, first run of the season to finish second. Um, we then uh, suddenly are thinking, oh my God, we've got a chance of winning and then you're kind of gutted to finish second. So, uh, lots of mixed emotions.
0: And just looking at his his overall record, he... He seems to be fine going right handed, even though he's done most of his, his racing left handed. He's won a long walk at, at Ascot going, going right. There, there would be no necessary preference to going left, would there?
7: No, not at all. I think it's just that Cheltenham suits him as a race course because it's a proper stayers track rather than, and the same, you know, the likes of Newbury. I think it's, it's more about the, the nature of the, of the track rather than whether it goes right or left handed. I think it's more about whether the uh, onus is put on staying.
0: And for you and your, your team during this cold snap, how how difficult and or frustrating has it been?
7: Um, it is, it just makes it so much harder work. Look, I know we're luckier than some because we haven't had the snow, we've just had this relentless frost. But, you know, dealing with the waters, trying to, you know, get the water going every morning, trying to, um, you know, get the, the gallops moving in the mornings and all that kind of thing, you know, it, it just makes what can be quite hard work anyway very hard work um but you know the team are brilliant and and so we haven't had a an issue with keeping going um and I think you know it just same with the horses when it's as cold as this you just don't want to gallop them in quite the same way a a because your, your targets keep disappearing and and b because you know it does put a bit more pressure on them um a keeping warm and B galloping into this very very cold air
0: and you've got a, a horse in the Welsh National, Emma, that, that's quite prominent in the market. Would you be well? Is it is it the plan to go?
7: It is the plan to go. Um, she's got a few that need to come out for her to get a run, and and they do need some rain for her. Um, you know, a few of us have just been a little bit disappointing around the period that she had her first run, and I think that was more why she didn't see out the distance as opposed to because she didn't stay the trip. But she's a You know, she's a good jumper. She loves the mud and she, you know, she tends to be relentless in her galloping. So, you know, I think she's she's tailor-made for that race, but she would want the ground to be on the slow side.
1: We've heard Joe and Emma with their thoughts on their Welsh national hopes. And while they might be available at double-figure prices, one who's been well-backed into eights in the last couple of weeks is the Big Dog for Peter Fahey. He's won the Munster National and the Troy Town on his last two starts. And here's what Peter had to say about how the Big Dog has come out of the Troy Town.
6: Yeah, look, he's come out of it, he's come out of it very well. We we're thrilled with him on the day. Like he, I think he put up a very good performance, and the way he's come out of the race is even, Is even I'm, I'm thrilled with him, you know. He's he's in good nick, and he's fresh and well, and we're looking forward to getting him, getting him over to UK then.
0: Yeah, and although this is a race which needs, you know, quite often a, a hard-knocking horse, it's always good to have a little bit up, up your sleeve. Do you still think you've got a little bit to play with, handicap-wise?
6: Um, look, I, I th- he, he won snug enough in Navin. And the Irish handicapper gave us ten pound, so we're actually kind of well in off our English mark because we we're only carrying a four pound penalty for winning the handicap. So it actually, it looks it looks like we are well in on the day. But look, I think we need an awful lot of luck. There's a lot of jumping around here. We need a lot of luck. But um, look, I think I'm going over the horse that has a great chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, last year it didn't work out, but that was hardly that was hardly his fault. Do you do you see him as just a horse who is an out and out? grinder or is he a bit more dimensional than that
6: i think i think he is he, he stamina is his whole, his whole forte to be honest um he he jumps he jumps adequately i can't say he's a brilliant jumper he gets from a to b he doesn't lose much in doing it he gains length at the odd fence but um look at i think the whole thing about him is is he, he stays he stays very well he's in abundance of stamina
0: and and the guys that own this horse, um, a wonderful interview on on RTE after he won the other day. Uh, how much pleasure does it give you to to train for people who take clear and abundant joy out of out of this journey?
6: Uh, it is look, it's great. Like the Kellys, like we, we this this horse has been a family horse for the for the whole Kelly family, and like for their dad to have their first winner with him. He's passed away since and for him to be going on and winning these big prestigious races it's brilliant and it gives you, it gives you an extra thrill like it, it means a lot to him as it does every owner but I think they get, it's a little bit more special to the, to, to the Kellys.
0: Um, I forgot to ask you who was going to ride
6: him. I At mean, we're thinking for keaton who will be coming
0: over
1: to ride him. A bit different this week, just igniting your excitement for the action over the next couple of weeks and hopefully has offered you a couple of anti-post clues. Thank you once again for listening and Nick will be back with you on Monday to continue the build-up. Have a lovely weekend and stay warm.
0: You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with FitzDares.